Welcome to the Infernal Mafia. That's Kayla. And that's Sarah. Today we're talking about endometriosis. Woo! Yay! Woo! I say it like I'm super excited, even though, (laughs) I mean, it's one of those weird, I'm not excited about it, but I'm excited to talk about it because we have a really special guest that's Sarah and I have said many times before, we've got to get this person on the podcast, and it is officially March, which means it's Endometriosis Awareness Month, and we knew we wanted to have a guest on the show who who not only knows all there is to know about endometriosis, but also someone who is committed to talking about it and helping others who might be suffering with endo. So we are so thrilled to finally introduce you to our friend, Steph Kelly. She is a mob boss, if there ever was one, on this topic. So um, before we get to her story, I want to read a a piece of an email that she sent us almost a year ago when we first started the podcast. Steph sent us this email, and I think she was kind of like, hey, you guys missed Endometriosis Awareness Month. (laughs) You guys are idiots. Uh, yeah, we were off by a month, but we are getting it in this 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 time, this year. Initially, Steph shared a little bit of her story with us, and we told her we wanted more. We wanted all the details, and we read her entire email and covered more of her story, story back in episode eight. Um, but before we get started, I wanted to share this piece of her email about her experience with endometriosis. For me, I had my first doctor's appointments for hellish periods when I was 14. I've spent time in the hospital for my symptoms, been told I'm a hypochondriac, have a love of pain meds, or that I just need to toughen up. Turns out I have stage 4 deep infiltrating endometriosis that has compromised my insides. My anatomy is literally not recognizable when I do an MRI or an ultrasound. The endo has obliterated the canal that separates your vaginal canal from your anus. Woo. Isn't that pretty? My ovaries are pinned between loops of bowel to the back of my ute. I love your use of ute, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) My lung and diaphragm have endo on them, causing pain when I breathe. I'm an overachiever. What can I say? The endo beat the crap out of my ovaries, so my egg quality sucks, and with adenomyosis, my ute is useless, so I'm headed into surrogacy and egg donor land. And then you talk about having an upcoming surgery to have your bladder, bowels, lung, and diaphragm resected, a radical hysterectomy, an oophorectomy. I'm 33 years old and will be in full menopause immediately following surgery. It's pretty serious business. So I just want to welcome welcome Steph to the podcast and to all of you. Steph, we're really excited to have you join us today. And I can't wait to talk to you more about this. I remember when I got that email and I was just floored. Well, thanks for having me. That's quite an introduction. Yeah, I want to make an asterisk that she's really funny, too. And that's <laughs> why we're having her Perfect. on. Because we, we enjoy hearing from you. Oh, you guys are the sweetest. No pressure. It's good. I told someone, uh, I, I, I can't remember who I was telling, that you were coming on. And I was like, she's like, if the Reddit comment section was a person. <laughs> That's how funny you are. It's true. The good we, comments, you know? I, I like that you specified. Thank you. <laughs> the ones that are upvoted? Yeah, perfect. On, like, popular posts? I'll take some gold. It's good. Yeah. 
You're a gold comet Aww, as a person. That's love. Yes. Thank you for thank you for sharing that, Sarah. Because this is not a downer episode, and I know no. it's not gonna be because Steph is not a downer person. She's no. like, despite what I just read, which is a lot. Um, I have long admired just your like tenacity and your whole attitude about all of this, and and I just love it. Oh I just love God. you. You guys are so, so. nice. <laughs> So yeah, talk to us about endometriosis. Okay, so every month your uterine lining builds up and then you don't get pregnant because you're infertile and you have a period (laughs) and you bleed, right? That's what happens. So endometriosis is when you have those same endometrial lining cells, but in weird spots in your body outside of your uterus. So it can be, generally speaking, it's your pelvis, your ovaries, your tubes, potentially your bladder, your bowels, but it can spread weird places, your lungs, your diaphragm, even in really, really rare cases, you can get brain or skin endo like can you imagine having a patch of endo on your face and every month you have face period and your colleagues are like well that's strange she injures herself every third week i don't know what's happening face period Uh super charming it's not it's definitely not common but it happens which is heinous um and it's something that for a long time doctors thought uh happened to older women teenagers can't have it uh women in their young 20s can't have it and so they were all of these women were coming in talking about pelvic pain pain with sex irregular bleeding really really like alarmingly heavy periods and they were being sent home saying you know what you're a woman that's just what it's like suck it up you're not tough and that's a pretty damaging thing for a young woman who's going through you know really debilitating pain that's so different from her peers So one of the big things with endo is understanding what it is and understanding the myths around it because it's not always well diagnosed. Why do you think it, why do you think it was, it's was like traditionally like a older woman's, do you think it's because it gets worse as you age and so the symptoms get worse? It definitely gets worse. The more periods you have, the worse it Mm -hmm. gets because the more bleeding happens, the more scar tissue is created, the more things stick together. Um, but at the same time, the stage of endometriosis doesn't actually correlate with how much pain you're in. So you could be really, really early disease stage where things aren't really all that stuck together. You just have it in a really unfortunate spot and you can have as much or more pain than somebody that has stage four. Gotcha. Yeah. Or you could have like stage one, but it's in a really painful place. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how does it affect fertility exactly? Is it because of things sticking together or what is it that damages your fertility? Yeah, the things sticking together is the big thing. So egg quality is a hot mess for endo because as your ovaries get attached to things, you're, you're beating the crap out of them, right? So they age prematurely, your AMH is low, your egg quality is compromised. Um, generally speaking, those with advanced stage endo, especially if you're doing IVF, need to stim really, really hard hard to produce a healthy number of follicles which compromises your egg quality even further it's not it's not the best we we talked one time you and i sarah that you kind of speculated that you thought maybe you had it because you had all the scar tissue on your fallopian tubes yeah and i had all like i had a lot of the symptoms of it right because you had really painful periods where you would like pass out when you were younger yeah that's not normal throw up yeah no 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 things like that but when they got in there it wasn't there i don't know yeah Yeah. that was going to be my question was then you know like 
how is it officially diagnosed? So the only way to 100% diagnose endometriosis is laparoscopic surgery, going in for an exploratory operation, taking a look at things. I mean, excuse me, for advanced stage disease, in an MRI, you'll see that things aren't where they're meant to be. So for me, my uterus is tilted way, way back, and it's attached to everything behind it. So you can see that on a scan. But they're not 100% sure what it is. It's likely endometriosis. And then once they get in there, you get a positive diagnosis. For adenomyosis, it's a core biopsy of the uterus Mm. is how you figure it out. That doesn't sound fun. A super fun. That one seems like a real bitch. Yeah, it's it's not the nicest. Did you see the interview that um, of Gabrielle Union with Oprah when she talked about? No, I ha- so I have a whole bunch of Gabrielle Union videos on my post-surgery playlist to keep me entertained oh. while I'm lying in bed. I'm saving. Oh, I have her book. I have her videos. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, she just she seems like a good spokesperson for the community because she has she's been like really outspoken about it. And I don't know. I love when celebrities do that, especially like adenomyosis, I feel like seems even more like further misunderstood and complicated than endometriosis. Oh, yeah. And it's so I didn't you don't realize until you're part of a group that isn't heard from how nice it is to see somebody talking about your thing. Right. Like media representation and how much it matters. And it, it's so nice because there's so many celebrities that have surrogates. There are so many celebrities that'll talk about using surrogacy now, which is amazing, but they don't necessarily talk about why and how they got there. And it's not always mm-hmm. related to age. It's not always related to life choices. Like there's there's stuff that can be talked about. And I know it's deeply uncomfortable, but I appreciate her greatly for being so open with it. Yeah. Do you feel like endometriosis is represented well in the infertility community? It's misunderstood. It's really, really misunderstood. And the reason for that is like your average OBGYN does not have the skills to manage endo. They're well-intentioned and they received like an afternoon of training on it. But unless you find somebody who has like a, a, did a fellowship specifically in endo, it's really, really difficult. So Um, You know, there's a whole bunch of doctors that are telling people that pregnancy is going to cure your endometriosis or breastfeeding or Lupron or and those are things that have been around forever and aren't necessarily true. So within the infertility community, there's all of these people that are receiving medical advice from their doctors, from valid sources that's just blatantly incorrect. So there's a whole bunch of weirdness around what it is, how you fix it, what it feels like, what the severe symptoms are like. But, um, you know, it definitely is a big piece of infertility. A significant portion of infertility patients have endometriosis. So I think we've got like a decent, a decent group of us out there trying to talk about it and, and keep it in the open. And the stat on that is like, what, one in 10? One in 10 women. On average, it takes eight doctors to figure out that you have endo over 10 years. And the most common misdiagnosis is IBS. So for me, that was my first misdiagnosis. I saw a GI guy and they did a colonoscopy and he was like, you definitely have IBS. And you've got some scar tissue in your your intestine that we think is probably related to whatever, but you have IBS, sucks to be you. Here's some nasal spray that might help. Literally, here is a nasal spray. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I was like, okay. I see the wheels turning over there on Sarah because she was diagnosed with IBS. (laughs) No, I wasn't. Oh, are you? Th- oh. I'm sorry. Maybe you thought you had it. I feel. I thought yeah. maybe you said, yeah. I have questions, but you can. 
IBS is the worst because it's like everybody else gets a real disease name. Yours is Grumpy Bowel. Yeah. <laughs> and you feel like shit. It's like, oh, it's just a little grumpy. <laughs> Did you have a lot of the IBS symptoms when you were ovulating or was it all the time? So for me, it was all the time. Most the worst symptoms are during my period. They always have been. Um, but I have symptoms, you know, every other day. Ovulation for me was pretty rough. I think it's maybe because it was, my ovary was attached to other things. So it was, everybody was very confused when it happened, but yeah, there was definitely, I I think I probably had more ovulation pain than the average bear. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I I just have like stomach issues during ovulation. During ovulation, that's so interesting because for endo, during your period, you have them because you're, everything's bleeding on your insides and there's nowhere for the blood to go. Yeah. But not generally during ovulation. That's, yeah. So weird. what's wrong with me? There's a lot of things. <laughs> Call in now if you have an idea. <laughs> yeah. So we covered some of this. We did do a couple episodes on endometriosis back in the day. I think it's episode eight and nine. And um, it's all coming back to me now and hearing you say that it often gets misdiagnosed and mistreated because really the, so the things like getting pregnant or breastfeeding or birth control, all of these things just, all they do is mask symptoms. Am I correct? Yeah. I mean, birth control is great. You can skip your periods, which for you, if you're only symptomatic during your period is awesome because you can pretty much take care of it. Right. If you're trying to conceive, obviously that's not an ideal option. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the less periods you have, the less you bleed into your body cavity, the less damage there is. So certainly not a cure, but definitely helps. Okay. Outside of that, there's not, there's not really much. So the, the only cure, if I'm remembering right, is act, and it doesn't even, it's not always a, like a for sure thing is excision, right? Of the actual endometriosis. That's the thing. And the key to your excision surgery is finding a proper, well-trained endometriosis doctor, which sounds intimidating and like you might not know where to find them. But let me tell you, there's a nurse, Nancy Peterson, who started a Facebook group. And I realize this sounds like really bizarre advice to join a Facebook group, but it's a learning group. It's not a support group. They're not there to pet your hair and hear your feelings. They're there to teach you. So there's a learning library. They have a, it's called Nancy's Nook. Go and join it. Um, They have a learning (laughs) library with a list of doctors around the world that they know for sure are doing things right and have had the right training and are following the best guidelines that they have. I know for me, finding that doctor, like I, I was really lucky. There's an endo God in my city. Like he's like, ah, he's the guy. Um, but you know, there are people that are traveling to different countries, but at least they know they're going to the right place and they're going to have that excision that's done properly. Real lasting result and real lasting relief will come from seeing that type of specialist for your surgery. I will tell everyone because you're the one who told us about Nancy's nook. Mm-hmm. And I googled Nancy's nook. <laughs> Don't Google and how it. Did that go, guys. It's a Facebook group. If you Google Nancy's nook, you're on Don't your do own. Work. Or if you need any sex toys, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so we just talked about Gabrielle Union. I was curious if if you had like a favorite celebrity that's a, or it doesn't have to be a celebrity, but just your favorite like advocate for endometriosis. Maybe it's Nancy. Um, I mean, Nancy's definitely my favorite, but yeah. Halsey, 
the singer Halsey mm-hmm. is my jam. So she has endo and she's such a badass. She tells this story about like one of her first big like stadium-y type gigs and she was in the middle of having a miscarriage. Yeah. And she literally strapped on a diaper and finished her show. And I can remember from my miscarriage, I had a press conference that morning for work. And I remember just standing in my bathroom being like, there is no chance, we can't reschedule this. There's no way to call in sick and have this not happen. So you got to figure it out. And I, I, I admire that a lot and her openness with it and she's just adorable Mm -hmm. on top of it yeah Yeah, she's my fave that's great sarah do you have one um (laughs) you don't have a favorite endo celebrity on the top of your tongue no i mean i was thinking of julianne huff but i yeah i mean i don't really follow her closely or anything dancing with the stars right yeah i don't know what else she did does. I think that's it. She was in some <laughs> movies. She was in Burlesque. Ooh. Wasn't that Cher and Christina Aguilera? Is that it the was. one? Yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds amazing. Was it good? You know what you're doing this weekend. <laughs> I think it was. I don't really remember. I don't remember it being bad. Teenage me really enjoyed it. Te- oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So take from that what you will. Is it sort of like how Teenage me loved Moulin Rouge? It is exactly the yeah. teenage you loving Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Oh my gosh, that's French. Do you speak French, by the way? Poorly. Poorly. Very, very poorly. Did we mention Steph is Canadian? I don't think we hey. did. Hey. <laughs> which part of Canada do you live in? I live in Ottawa, which is the capital. My husband's from Ottawa. No. Kansas. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes, because every time I try to type something in, I get a freaking Kansas result. It drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's Ottawa, Kansas. <laughs> but Google knows I'm here. It knows I'm not in Kansas, and it still serves me Kansas oh, information. Wow. Which is weird because it's not a big city. No, it's... and ours is reasonably big. So yeah, Ottawa's a city and not a... You can do it. Providence? Yes. yes. Oh, so close. Province. <laughs> Providence. Providence. <laughs> I was I would have said Providence. <laughs> Oops. Please don't hate me, Canadians. I love you. <laughs> I do love Canadians. I have never We're... met a Canadian I didn't No, that's not true. We've talked about this. Friends ex boyfriend, but that's it. Every other Canadian I know, they are awesome people. We're generally pretty good people. You really and are. funny. <laughs> It's cold up here. It's all we have to do. Yeah. Just be funny and eat poutine. Exactly. <laughs> do you like hockey? No, which I will probably lose my Canadian membership for. It's not that I don't like it. Oh I just my. don't. Like, it's not my jam. Ooh. It's not like... I can hear my husband dying slowly in the background. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said what? <laughs> I want a divorce. <laughs> yeah, it's over. Dare you. After all of this. Can you imagine our surrogate finally yeah. gets pregnant and we divorce over hockey? Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> That's such a Canadian thing. <laughs> Bringing it back to celebrities. Right. I have a favorite. Oh. Why do you say it like that, Sarah? Because um, I realized who you're going to say, and I like her a lot. She she's She's just one of my favorite celebrities, period. And that's Dolly Parton. I love Dolly. Oh, Dolly. How can you not? Yeah, how can you She's not love amazing. Dolly? So I read she did mm-hmm. an an interview. She's she has I wouldn't call her like an advocate for endometriosis, but she has she has opened up about it and talked about it 
And it was actually really sad because she was doing a show. This is in the early 80s, so she would have been like probably in her early 30s. And she collapsed on stage. And this was so they rushed her to the hospital and she ended up having an emergency um, partial hysterectomy. And yeah. And and so then she realized she could never have her, her own biological children. And she talks about how she went through this huge bout of depression and you know how it all it was very sad for her obviously because she always wanted to be a mom and i mean i think that's the kind of thing you're talking about that's like it's hard for people to open up about that much less celebrities and i appreciated that you know she talked about it it's a pretty personal thing to go out into the world and talk about you know absolutely i get that so i want to i'm just just to bring it back up I have a couple of Dolly quotes I want to read, just for funsies. These are some of my favorites, okay? Ready. Number one, it costs a lot of money to look this cheap. That <laughs> used to be on my Facebook profile. <laughs> really? Yeah. I love you even more than I already did. <laughs> Number two, I'm not offended by all the dumb blonde jokes because I know I'm not dumb. I also know I'm not blonde. <laughs> It's going to be one of my favorites. That's a good one. Um, This is a fun one. If I see something sagging, bagging, or dragging, I'll get it nipped, sucked. I can't even say it. (laughs) I'll get it nipped, tucked, or sucked. (laughs) That a girl. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. These two I really like. Find out who you are and do it on purpose. Really good advice. And then the last one, which applies for all of us in the infertility community, community the way i see it if you want the rainbow you got to put up with the rain wise words from dolly thanks also don't sell the rights to your songs (laughs) what do you mean she's banking she she doesn't sell the rights to her songs oh right yeah she's smart that woman is smart she knows what she's doing all right steph i want to hear now about your personal um experience with endometriosis Talk to me about how it all began. Go back to the beginning and tell us. Well, uh, I got my period on my 11th birthday. My parents told me it was my only present. And oh my oh no <laughs> I believed them which was unfortunate um but no and it, it from the very first it was really rough and painful and it seemed to be more painful than the other girls in my life and so at one point we went to my pediatrician and said you know this is what's going on I was given a drug that stops blood loss which is great but didn't really do much for the symptoms though the bleeding was less heavy so I guess that's a win uh my first hospitalization I think I was 18 or 19 and I spent there was one summer I think I spent more time in the hospital between June and the middle of September than I spent out of it and it was just constant misdiagnoses and it was like pelvic pain and bleeding and I'd be in so much pain I'd just be throwing up I couldn't eat and I it was I, I was a mess and then I went on the Depo Provera shot and that seemed to help because I wasn't having periods anymore and then I went off of it 
And all of a sudden, my very first period, I was like, something's wrong. Something is so wrong. This is not normal. Like, I got a pregnancy test to make sure that I wasn't having a miscarriage. I, I wasn't, and I just didn't know what was going on. And over the course of the next few months, I developed, like, period anxiety a little bit. So, like, my period would be coming, and I'd cook a bunch of freezer meals and clean my house and work overtime because I knew I'd have to be in bed or, like, lying on the floor by my toilet for a couple of days. And I went to my doctor and said, this is what's happening. It's It seems to be getting worse. I don't know what to do. And she told me that it was because I was 30 and hadn't yet had children, and my fertility was declining, and that's what happens when you have not don't have children when you're 30 um and so I actually before we even what yeah I know that's what I said too so uh we decided we were going to start trying to have a family the next year but I ended up going into treatment before we even had a chance to naturally try to have babies because my symptoms were so severe so I told my doctor I was going to live in her office until she sent me to a gynecologist I was like I'm not leaving I live here now so please. so what kind of doctor was so this? this is like my primary care physician my family doctor and she was on leave at the time so it was another doctor in the same family practice like they have access to all your records and everything um, and so she agreed eventually after I threatened to live in her lobby uh, to send me to an OBGYN <laughs> and so so every sorry to yeah. interrupt you but just so everyone knows like the difference between the Canadian healthcare system and you know where most majority of our listeners are in the United States you could not go see someone independently without a referral that's right so okay. we're lucky because it's covered under our health insurance, but you can't just sort of decide you want to go see somebody and go on your own. You have to go through your family physician as a portal. And then, you know, because it's it's universal health care, you do have a waiting period. So I think I waited for my referral would have happened in October and I would have seen her in February. Okay. So that's a long time. Yeah, it was a long time. It felt like a really long time at the time. Um, but I saw her and she said, oh, I'm sure you're fine. Maybe you have some fibroids. We're going to do uh, an ultrasound. So they did an ultrasound. And I was so self-conscious because one of the things that um, started all this is I was bleeding all the time. Like I have literally been bleeding since 2014. Collectively. Still now? Like, it has not yet stopped. And so I went to get an oh, ultrasound. Steph. And this guy, the ultrasound tech, was like, that's disgusting. And I just what? remember lying there and crying as I'm having a transvaginal ultrasound from this super douchey ultrasound tech. So the results came in. Everything stuck to everything. They couldn't even figure out what the picture was. So she sent me for an MRI. MRI comes back that's strange your ovaries and your intestines have become one so we schedule surgery they go in they say yes you have uh endometriosis it looks like it's stage four um and you're going to need to have your tubes taken out because you have hydrocelpinges and you won't be able to do ivf if your tubes are blocked but for some reason they didn't have me sign the consent even though she knew that that was a likelihood she didn't have me sign the consent before my surgery so i woke up and she was like you're gonna need another surgery it's like why did but you were just there why are we doing so a couple months later they she went in and took my fallopian tubes and uh right after that we started with a fertility clinic and it wasn't until we changed fertility clinics and i requested all of my medical records that i actually saw a copy of the medical report the, for my surgeries and it was like we got in there and we could not tell what was what. It took us 45 minutes to find a fallopian tube and another 45 minutes to get it detached from everything. 
So, like, you know, that the Douglas pouch, the cul-de-sac in between your, your vaginal canal and your rectum, that's gone. It's The word she used was obliterated. And I was like, that's an angry choice of words. Oh, like, that no. just didn't sound nice. Um, so that happened. That was, like, 2014, 2015, 2016. We did some IVF. That didn't work. And then I started getting really frustrated because I went to see my OBGYN and said, when I have my period, it hurts when I breathe. Every time I breathe, it hurts me. And I don't understand why. I realize I sound crazy, but I don't understand what this is. And she essentially told me to see a psychiatrist and asked me if I was ready to have a hysterectomy or if I was currently pregnant. And I said no to both. And she said, well, don't come back unless you're ready to do one of those things because there's nothing I can do to help you. And I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. That's not what I was. Okay. (laughs) Sure. So we went back and forth about the hysterectomy. Hysterectomy is not a cure for endometriosis. Endometriosis is uterine lining outside of your uterus. So inherently removing your uterus isn't necessarily going to fix it, but the bleeding's out of control and the adenomyosis cause cause is loss of pain. So taking that out is a good choice. We went back and forth about going back to her and saying, okay, we're ready for the hysterectomy. We're going to use a surrogate. We're going to make that choice. And then I finally got so sick that I started Googling out of desperation and I found Nancy's Nook and I read all of the 10,000 posts and just sat in my room and was like, oh my God, I have been so stupid. I did not look into, why didn't I look into any of this? So I found the guy, the endo god, I went to see him and it was the most amazing appointment of my life. Like I bawled out of happiness in his office because I sat down and the first thing he said was, I've reviewed your like seven inch thick chart from all of the hospitalizations and all of the tests and all of the doctors you've seen. And I am so deeply sorry. We have failed you. The medical community has failed you. This is heartbreaking. And I am so sorry this has happened to you. And I'm like, like I'm just a disaster. But just that validation after so many doctors, because every time you go to the hospital, especially as a woman, and you say you have uterus pain, it's like, oh, you're hysterical. Oh, you want painkillers. Oh, I'm sure it's nothing. So having somebody really, really validate it was like the biggest weight off of my shoulders. So he ordered a bunch of tests. And we found out as we were coming home from our egg donors stim cycle, I got a call and it was his office and they said, okay, listen, there is, uh, from your MRI, there's some information. There is a stage after stage four endo, and it's called frozen pelvis. It's also called end stage or terminal endometriosis. And essentially, it means that your entire pelvis, the whole thing, has turned into a block of ice. So like you poke one side, the other side moves because it's one solid mass. And it can be quite dangerous because for me, I have a couple of chronic bowel obstructions. So like, you know, Mm. whatever the tube of your intestine, there's endo either sitting on top of it or growing into it, and it compromises the flow of stuff through. If it gets blocked, a, a bowel obstruction is no joke. A bowel perforation is no joke. It's pretty serious. So I got two of those brewing and then potentially... Um, we don't know if it's grown through the wall of my bladder or whether it's just like chilling on top of my bladder. We'll find that out when they do surgery, but I have a whole bunch of weird, super fun and very charming bladder symptoms. So it's been a good time. I mean, it was interesting hearing you say about Dolly Parton, a little bit of depression because depression and anxiety are really, really common with any chronic illness, but especially with endometriosis. 
you know, for me, the last couple years have been pretty rough. And, you know, I see a therapist who is amazing and she specializes in like women's issues, women in menopause, women who have had hysterectomies, whatever it is. And that's been amazing. But it definitely, it definitely is something that you need to put a lot of energy into finding the good in the in-between parts when you're waiting for an appointment that's like eight months away. You're making the I just don't face. see how I don't see how the first doctors would not be interested in your case. So you know, because aren't you kind of weird? They were interested. The problem is they didn't know what to they do. They didn't know what to do. So my surgeon essentially said, "Your other surgeon had no business operating on you. None. The gap in knowledge from where that OBGYN sat to where they would need to be to excise this type of endometriosis is so big that even on their best day, they just don't have the training." And I don't think like she was a really lovely woman. I don't think she was trying to be terrible. I think she probably did the best she could, but the training just isn't there. Doctors aren't receiving proper endometriosis training. And that ultrasound tech. I know. Yeah. I wrote a really nasty letter. Oh, good. Yeah. Do you want me Dick to find Ron? him? Kind of. Because I could. What are we going to do to him? I can't wait to hear. We'll send him a glitter bomb. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Maybe we'll give him an ultrasound. <laughs> He'll have yeah. glitter st stuck to his <laughs> wand all the time. You know you can't get it off. Oh, it's craft herpes. It is. It's the herpes of the craft world. <laughs> I hope he listens to this someday. There's a really fun symptom. It's probably like the most embarrassing. I have allergies, so I sneeze a lot. And now when I sneeze, I get this like tearing feeling in my stomach and it's really painful. So I make this really phenomenal orgasm noise when I sneeze every single time. <laughs> so like I'm in the middle of the grocery store and I sneeze and it finishes with this like throaty, gaspy, I'm, I'm not going to do it because it's inappropriate, <laughs> but it's so unfortunate. Like you're sitting in the lobby waiting for a meeting or something and you sneeze and everybody looks at you like, you just really like sneezing. All right, good job. <laughs> and the, the lady in the corner is like, I'll have what she Exactly. It's pollen. <laughs> well, haven't you heard that sneezes are like one eighth of an orgasm or something? Yeah. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Doesn't sound like your sneezes feel like an Less orgasm. Less good. Though. Less good. Your uh, sneezes are like rough sex. Exactly. <laughs> like spontaneous rough sex you didn't know was on yeah. the way. That you are not excited about <laughs> you know i just i really hate spontaneous rough sex it's not my favorite jam. really because it's my thing <laughs> oh man girl yeah how do you so you mentioned seeing a therapist and this is a lot like what if you someone in your shoes that's listening maybe like what advice would you give them like how how do you stay so happy and positive that sounds really i don't like the way that sounds but I know what you Do mean. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm a pretty optimistic person by nature, and I really believe that every horrible thing that happens to you will be a hilarious story someday. Maybe not in that moment, but at some point you will turn that in. I work in PR, right? It's my job. Spin it yeah. around and make it funny. But you know, it's, it's tough, man. And you know what it's like in infertility land. We've been there for six years like this, right. you know, we're, we're in the deep place now, but 
I think I've got really good girlfriends and I've got a really solid husband and, you know, whatever. There are days where I pull the blankets over my head and lie in bed and that's okay. I give myself those days, but I do my very, very best not to let them be every day. <laughs> right. How many bridesmaids did you have? Oh my God, nine. <laughs> oh no, that sounds like a Texas wedding. How nine. did you even know that many people? I, to- <laughs> I said I have good girlfriends. <laughs> You do. Were you in a sorority or something? No, I just, I (laughs) had like a couple of girlfriends from childhood and a couple of girlfriends from high school and then both of my husband's sisters and my stepsister and, you know, it's, it was a party. Oh, I bet. Man, I would... It was I a like party. That. I want to go back in time and go to your wedding. So there was a... I want to come crash your wedding. It was an outdoor wedding and there was a tornado warning that day so it was like 54 degrees which i don't know what that is for you guys but it's hot as hell and humid and i'm standing and chat i'm like saying my vows and i have dress with pockets and i for some reason left my phone in my pocket and it buzzes wait your wedding dress had a yeah it did i picked a dress with pockets that's right but for some reason, I kept my phone on it. So I'm saying my vows and I'm looking out on the crowd like, which one of you assholes is it? You're all here. Why are you texting me? And we finish and Ian and I were walking around and taking photos and we're both literally like, I've never seen the sky that color. It's so pretty. Yeah, no, it was that color because there was a freaking tornado coming. Ten seconds later, it's hail enough that it broke windshields and it's oh my like raining sideways. Everyone went from like suits and dresses to like poodle hair and mascara everywhere. The pictures are amazing. Oh. <laughs> okay, so you just you just yeah, mentioned cool. um, that you have really good girlfriends. So that's a great segue into my next question, which is, where are you now? I mean, I know, but not everybody else knows. So we'll share about In your... In TTC land? Yeah. So our surrogate had a transfer yesterday. And... They forgot to thaw our embryos, <laughs> so it was a little bit crazy, but we figured it out. So she's, you know, poopo with two 6AB embryos that looked really, really good. And this is our third transfer with her. The first two didn't work. We have an egg donor as well. I got so lucky. I have a girlfriend that gave me eggs and a girlfriend that's lending me her ute. Like, how does that happen? How I, I don't understand. That's it's very incredible. nice of them. There are no words for this type of gratitude, to be honest. But yeah, so she, we're, we're, we're going to find out whether it's worked or not the day before my surgery. And uh, if you have an extra like finger to cross, I'll take it. Yeah, so, so everyone's clear there. You're doing IVF, obviously. You had a friend. <laughs> you already did all of that. But you then had a friend offer to be an egg donor and another friend offer to be a surrogate. Right. And you're now on your third embryo transfer while simultaneously getting gearing up for this surgery that you spoke about to correct your endometriosis or what's the right word to unfreeze your frozen. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what was there something really just unkind about having a hysterectomy and a beta within 24 hours of each other? I feel like it's just kind of mean. Yeah. But what are you going to do? You know, you you do everything big, don't you, girl? I do. We had this schedule, this surgery scheduled in the fall. Yeah. And then 
like 24 hours before i was like i don't i have the chest pain something we went to the hospital and i had a pulmonary embolism so we had to cancel it and push it forward like like i don't know what i did in a past life but it wasn't good was it how do they fix that uh blood thinners and time so we waited six months, and then I saw a blood clot guy in January. It was me and all of the other 400-year-olds <laughs> sitting and waiting for our blood thinners. And uh, it was so funny. So I have to do uh, Lovenox injections. Oh, yeah. And the nurse was so concerned that I wouldn't be able to manage the injection on my own. <laughs> and I, finally, I was just like, no, no, no. I've done this a few hundred times. And she looked so confused. She was like, IVF. She's like, oh, okay. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I had um, which I might cut this out, but because it has after I gave birth, um, they thought I might have a pulmonary embolism. Oh, shit. That's no good. And so like sent me down to to get an MRI like they were really worried because I was having trouble breathing and it was painful. And I something told me I was like, I do not. This is I don't have this. I just like something in my gut told me, no, I don't. And then I took the most enormous dump of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Right after you felt better. I walked out of that bathroom and the heavens opened up and they started singing the Hallelujah Chorus. And I (laughs) felt like a new woman. And that was it. So that's amazing. Might be a pulmonary embolism. You might just need to take a dump. I I remember saying to the ER guy, I was like, listen. This is what's going to happen. I'm having surgery on Tuesday, so you're going to tell me that I pulled a muscle and I'm wasting your time and you're kind of pissed off and you're going to ask me to leave and we're both going to be really jazzed about it. That's what's going to... He came in. He was like, you didn't pull a muscle. (laughs) Steph, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We saw a shaman. Oh, yeah, that was you. I saw that. Tell us everything. We have a, I have a girlfriend and she is like the, the hippy dippy, like super woo person. And she was going to see this shaman because she wanted to have a cleansing. And she's like, why don't you come with me? You have the worst luck. You got all this life stuff coming up. Why don't we go together? It'll be a road trip. We'll have fun. It's like, okay. So we went uh, like four hours away. We drove, we road tripped out to see this guy And so he was like, listen, I liked it because he said, listen, I'm not going to get you pregnant. Like this is, I am not an infertility shaman. Like I don't know how to do that. But what I can do is give you what I believe is necessary, which is an extraction, which I've come to call my exorcism. (laughs) So he lays you on the ground and he shakes. It's, It's a rattle. So picture like two avocado sized testicly looking things with fur on them on a stick and wrinkly and he, too yeah, yeah, yeah totally wrinkly like i'm was it like rafiki yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so he, sh- he shakes the thing and you're lying on the floor and then he sat next to me and he was lifting imaginary items off of my chest like he was packing a, a, an invisible suitcase and apparently those were all of the negative forces and then uh he cleansed me and connected me to my power animal what, uh, what which is, is it? a swan by the way oh you know swans are very aggressive they're scrappy. That's yeah. the word he used. They're elegant but scrappy. It's like, all right. I think I'll that take fits. It, so. it does. Yeah. 
it was really interesting. I mean, do I feel like my life has changed? Well, they forgot to thaw my embryos. So I'll go out on a ledge and say he didn't exactly take all of my bad luck out. But it was still an interesting experience. It was fun. (laughs) That's crazy. It's going to be the shaman. He's going to tip the scale for you. I have a good feeling about it. Something's got it. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Might as well be the testicle rattle. (laughs) The testicle rattle. That's funny. I like that. Okay, so before we move on to out of the box, do you have any, I don't know, tips for anyone who may be dealing with endometriosis or like maybe something you wish you'd known or just, you've given us so much like awesome information and advice, but is there any any parting words before we switch gears? Join the Nook is the biggest thing. That's like the first and foremost and find a doctor that specializes in endo. Pelvic pain isn't normal. Pain with sex isn't normal. Bleeding all the time is not normal. And it doesn't matter how many doctors tell you that it is normal and you should be dealing with it. It's not. And when you find the right person, when you find the right doctor, you'll know it and your life will get so much better. If you leave it, if you wait, it gives your body so much time to fuse together. So the earlier you can advocate for yourself, the earlier you can educate yourself, the better. I would be so happy if this caused some 18-year-old girl to push their doctor to let them or to go see whoever. Um, You know, I don't want everybody to think that this is what will happen to you if you don't go to the doctor right away. Like, I'm a pretty rare case, but it's do it early. Do it as early as you can. I mean, why be in pain? Well, exactly. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Church is dismissed. Let's all um, go to the potluck and... (laughs) Crustless sandwiches. I feel like I have have invisible endo. Do you still have painful periods, Sarah? Last time I had one, yes. But... I originally went to the doctor because I was bleeding for a month. That it really does sound endo-y. Sarah, you need to get up in that nook. I mean, my tubes were blocked. Yeah, you really, you really well, should do that. <laughs> they they were hydro sal peaks. And know. you also didn't respond to stims the way a lot of women with PCOS do. Yeah, because you were a low responder, whereas yeah, which is more of like. No, What's I was like that? a normal responder. Well, okay, but for PCOS, I mean. Right. Anyway. And like Steph was saying, a lot of women with endometriosis have quote-unquote bad egg quality. Which I Yay. had. <laughs> <laughs> but this isn't about me. Join the nook. <laughs> yeah, this just, is about... This is, I will uh, join the nook. Get in that nook, Sarah. <laughs> Steph, can I'm, do you want to sing the song with us? It's always a disaster. No, I, I, I can't go. Out of the box? Yeah, you, the out song. Of, of the, box. the box. Out of the, the box. box. We really should get a jingle. <laughs> I love you guys so much. But at this point, it's like it's gone on too long, you know? So. Well, we totally, like, stole it. Well, I know, but. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good show. Oh. This is the lightning round. This is the lightning round. Dun, this dun, is dun. me. So I have some questions for you. Do you think an alpaca would make a good pet? Yes. 
I just posted a video about this like yesterday. That was you. Okay, did. I watched it, it because of you. And the alpaca and I, is now like I rolling wanna... around on its back like a dog, and they're scratching its belly. Like, yes, get me an alpaca immediately. I will be so happy. <laughs> me too. Done. And it would it would give you like wool. Yeah. And stuff. It's the gift that keeps on giving. We could have alpaca <laughs> dates. We could groom them together, which doesn't yeah. sound weird at all. I didn't realize that was you that posted that. It sure was. Video. But I've been thinking about it all day. See? Alpacas. But llamas, I hear, are evil. They're angry. And they and they spit on you. Yeah. But alpacas are like sweet puppy dogs. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather be trapped in an elevator with men with BO or three soaked dogs? Oh dogs. Same. Dogs. All dogs. What's your go to drink? Chocolate milk because I'm 12. <laughs> you aren't an alcohol drinker? I honestly, alcohol and endo don't go well together. Uh, alcohol Ooh. and inflammatory processes are not necessarily mm. friends. So, like, I'm a red wine person, or like the Canadian cocktail Caesars are my jam, but not lately. I'm, I'm here with like my sad iced tea being the DD. I don't know what that is. A Caesars? Caesars? It sounds yeah. terrible, but it is the best thing you will ever... It's basically a Bloody Mary, but there's clam juice in it, which sounds yeah. so gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's delicious. My hmm. my in-laws do that, but maybe it's because they're almost in Canada. Yeah, they're that in North totally Dakota. is. I pay oh. a fortune to ship Clamato to like relatives yeah. that live overseas. They use Clamato in all their Bloody Marys. Yeah, it's delicious. I had never heard of that. Wait, I had wait, can you say more about that really quick about the because I'm now sorry, I'm just remembering how you I think you found my YouTube channel because you were looking at reproductive immunology? I sure did. So can you say just as an as an added like an is that a that's a common thing like women with endometriosis see reproductive immunologist because endo is ultimately an inflammatory yeah i mean i definitely was that like obnoxious patient that went into my doctor's office and was like here i've found the people i'd like to see give me referrals to these people right now and i'd found this reproductive sugar bitch exactly so i found a guy in toronto um an immunologist and filled out like a 780 page questionnaire about the most hilarious unfortunate questions and he sees a lot of endo patients so yeah it is do you turn red when you drink too yeah i sure do that's actually called the asian glow it is yeah because it's really common with weird asian people Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah also really fair blondes you just have to drink through it and eventually you stop noticing Yeah. You get drunk enough that you don't feel it anymore. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. I'm so glad we've diagnosed Sarah with endo. <laughs> Listen, armchair gynecology right here. I mean, what more could you ask for, ladies and you gentlemen? You don't even have to look at my vagina. Exactly. Nope. <laughs> or the inside of my body. <laughs> Would you rather have a vagina on your forehead or penises on your back like a what stegosaurus is that what you said Kayla? oh stegosaurus yeah. penises for sure are you yeah, kidding that's... i would be going to the beach and flopping those things around like it was my job <laughs> like a dog shaking water off you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. so in your mind they're they're flaccid well i mean sometimes like when <laughs> when i'm alert to danger they stand up <laughs> 
<laughs> or when you're really turned on. <laughs> Hot for Stegosaurus. <laughs> okay, this one's from Peter. He wants to know what your favorite Monty Python movie is. Holy grail. For sure. <laughs> is there, like, really? Does anybody pick a different one? Maybe The Life of Brian? Oh, is that what yes. it is? I don't know. No, they're all good. I, any, like, dry humor is my thing. Are you into pimple popping videos? No, no, so much no, all the no, no. Ditto. No. I like them. <laughs> Mm-mm. They're like a train wreck. I get it. Like you can't look away, but it's no, so no, it's not. Bad. No, it's not like that. That's not what it is. Well, I don't it, know what it is. I don't know why I like it. Because something's wrong. I just do. Because you're and a super freak, super it's freak. It's shameful. She's super freaky. freaky. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like. Yeah. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. Uh, Tim Hortons or Starbucks? Starbucks. Oh. I know. Oh. Don't tell anybody. It's a secret. You lost your other Canadian card. Here's, I've never had a cup of coffee. Ever. Oh. I know. I that would definitely make the inside of your body hurt. It will, I know. I just, I didn't like develop a taste for it when I was young. And I figure as an adult, I probably have enough vices. I don't need to intentionally find a new one. I'm sure I could learn to love it, but it seems like a poor choice. Did you watch Degrassi as a child? I sure did. Degrassi 90210, Saved by the Bell. Yes. I love Degrassi. Did you watch it, Kayla? No. Did you ever watch? Oh. I watched those other two she named. But Degrassi's from Canada. Which is probably okay. why you didn't watch it. <laughs> Pro- I've heard of... Is it a him? Is it a her? I don't even know. It's, it's a high a school. High school. So, oh, okay. kind of. It? I've heard of it. <laughs> and they have a lot of issues. Yeah, they do. What? <laughs> a lot. Okay. You're in a crowded room. Would you rather fart loudly and everyone laughs at you or be the only one laughing obnoxiously when someone else farts? Oh, I'm laughing at the farter. For sure. For Same. sure. Yeah. Nobody wants to be the awkward farter. That's never good. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Would you rather get up at dawn or stay up until 3 a.m. every day? Oh, dawn, I guess. Those aren't great options. Mm-mm. I think I stay up till 3 a.m. every day anyway, by choice. I think I would stay up. <laughs> I just, I'm a, I'm a night, night owl. owl. So you're a morning, what do they call them? Bird? Uh, morning bird? lark? Is that a Early thing? bird? Early, Early bird. <laughs> morning <laughs> Morning bird? lark? <laughs> lark. <laughs> Could <Ca-caw>. be lark. <laughs> <Ca-caw>. <laughs> Uh, would you rather be the smartest kid in school or the most popular kid in school? Oh, I want to be both. <laughs> Is that don't I feel like you're the to... most popular. Don't we all? Yeah, I don't know. Kayla, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, I go smartest because, the, because in my experience, the popular kids after high school... Losers. She's doing the full L on her forehead. You can't yeah, see yeah. it, but I can, and it's spectacular. <laughs> so I go smartest because then I go off to have an amazing career and like a really, uh, you know, fabulous life. And I own three houses and a nice car, and I have a hot husband. Wait, this is my life. 
<laughs> and you didn't you didn't steal your kid and hide him in an attic while the authorities were looking for him. I feel like you're this is a very specific reference to a movie that I'm not catching. It's not a movie. <laughs> oh. TV Someone show. Someone in my high school did that. Oh. oh. Yeah. Makes an interesting reunion. So smartest or most popular? Smartest, did, I think. Yeah. You can learn to be cool. Like you can learn to have social skills and and have people like you. I think you can't learn to be smart. That's an odd <laughs> <Right>. sentence. <laughs> I feel like you are popular though. I can't like, not be popular with that many bridesmaids. Right. I'm popular with my bridesmaids for sure. <laughs> and you seem like you have really great friends. Yeah. I do. They're awesome. I mean, they're giving me their body parts. So like, yeah, really. I have a couple of Canadian questions bring it on this is to, I, I didn't write anything down this is totally off the top of my head but like do you go Bieber or Celine Dion Be, oh. Bieber Justin Bieber the Biebs yeah I was I was thinking like a Beaver me too that's what <laughs> I heard and I was like Beaver <laughs> uh, no Bieber I, I for sure the Beaver every time over <laughs> obviously <laughs> Yeah, Justin Bieber, for sure. Okay, so you're a fan of the Biebs. More than Celine Dion. You you hear a lot of Celine Dion living in Canada, my friend, and my heart cannot go on anymore. (laughs) It's over. (laughs) Isn't there some sort of rule that radio stations have to play uh, a certain percentage of Canadian artists? They sure do. Canadian content regulations. Wow. All the Celine Dion, all the time. And uh, Avril Lavigne, that's a good one that you hear a lot, too. It's a damn cold night. Do you think that Avril Lavigne is really Avril Lavigne, or is it her, like, stunt double who took her place after? Oh, because she's like a born-again Christian now, isn't she? No, there's this thing on the internet. I know, that she died. Yeah. And what? like her record company found a, a second Avril Lavigne and is just shilling her out for money. Oh, this is like a down a Reddit hole. Exactly. It's a conspiracy theory. Interesting. I hope so. That makes her so much more interesting. That album was my jam though in college. Yeah, me too. I I, I am a fan. I forgot about Avril. I considered wearing a tie at one point. <laughs> I think I did wear a tie in like middle school. Showed up the first day. I'm like, I'm so cool. And then I was not. I told my parents that my super strict religious parents who wouldn't let me listen to anything with a curse word. Oh, no. That she was saying, it's a damp. It's damp cold (laughs) night. Not a damn cold. It's damp. It's just very damp. It's wet outside. So, okay, last question. Here's my last Canadian question. Okay, I'm ready. Can you describe for anyone who's not familiar, what is poutine? It's... And why is it so amazing? I mean, I know. Okay, it's the best thing ever. It's fries, gravy, cheese curds. That's it. It's not complicated. I mean, people get weird about it and make it fancy with, like, butter chicken sauce or, like, garlic parmesan fries. But the original chips, cheese, and gravy is like the best hangover food. You have three in the morning. You just need to put... It's so good. So does the gravy melt the cheese curd? A little bit, but not fully. Like, they're still a little bit squeaky. 
Uh, what kind of cheese? Curd. <laughs> the curd <laughs> the curdy ones. The white curds, if that's helpful. <laughs> I don't know about Canada, but in Wisconsin, there are like 10,000 shades of curd. Yeah, here we have like orange curd and white curd. <laughs> every so often there's like a fancy jalapeno curd, but that only happens every couple of years. Oh. <laughs> I'm guessing it's mozzarella. Probably. Yeah, I guess say. so. Uh, yeah, guys, if you haven't had it yet, add it to your bucket list. You need to eat some poutine before you die. Yeah. Do you have to go to Canada? No. I mean, I wouldn't say it's at every local pub, but they have it. They have it in Chicago. That's where I've had it. But if you see it on the menu, if you see it on a menu, order it. Don't ask questions. Just order it. And you'll thank me later. And I've step. never seen it on a menu, but if I do, if you, you have do. to let me know if you like it if you order it. Sounds like something I'd like. I mean, what's, <laughs> not, what's to like? not to like? Fries? Yes. Cheese? Cheese. Yes. Gravy? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Those are things I eat every day. Not every day. <laughs> so, Steph, where can we find you? Where can everyone, you know, stalk you now? Well, Instagram's probably a good spot. I am at Kersey Knows Best. And I have a YouTube channel. I'm ready already, and I update it periodically. We have a whole bunch of footage to upload in the near future. Those are probably the two best spots. Okay, great. And I, um, yeah, I want to thank you so much for coming and talking to us today, especially after the week you've had. (laughs) And yeah. I am so hopeful for you, and I definitely want you, if you're willing and interested, to come back and talk to us more in depth about surrogacy and egg donors and how. Yeah, how I have all questions, that... but I'm not going to start answering. An- not answering, <laughs> asking them now. Any time. Yeah, but of course, like I said, when we started talking about Endometriosis Awareness Month, we were both like, we have to talk to Steph. Like, Aww, Well, thanks for having it. me. We looked at each other and we said, Steph. Yes. We didn't even have to have say on. it. It was just, we knew. You guys are so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and Steph is in our Facebook group. I sure so, am. Yes. So if you want to talk to her, you could probably find her in there too. Um, our closed facebook groups we have both the infertile mafia and the infertile mafia bosses and babies of course you guys can always follow us on instagram as well at infertile mafia podcast feel free to send us an email to infertile mafia at gmail.com and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to hear more talk about eggs and balls and stuff am i supposed to say that I wasn't or was sure that one supposed of us was gonna do it say that as long as somebody says it. As long as someone says <laughs> eggs, and, eggs balls. and balls, we're good. Yeah. Yes. As long as somebody. And, and don't forget about the pregnant-ish survey that uh, we have linked in the show notes and other places on our various social media. You say it different than I... You say it more like I think it's supposed to be said. Pregnant-ish. I say it's pregnant-ish. pregnant-ish. And it doesn't pregnant-ish. make sense the way I say it. <laughs> it's pregnant-ish. Sounds fine the way you say it. (laughs) But take the survey and one person will win a $50 uh, Amazon gift card. Right. And a cup of sperm on it. Or I I could take the sperm off if you're more conservative. Conservative. 
<laughs> I'd want more sperm added, personally. <laughs> I had so much sperm it wouldn't fit on there. So. Oh, jeez. Well, lucky you. Thanks for brag, rubbing it brag, in my brag. Face. <laughs> I just overshot. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and on that note, Steph, will you close us out? Thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye. Bye. Bye.